Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. God richly bless you. All protocol observed, as they say. Amen. But this morning, I'm excited about today. I'm excited and at the same time, very, very grateful, you know, because when I think about life, when I think about life and what or how life could have been or would have been like, if not for you, but for me, without Christ. I thank God for Christ. Because when I think about my life, if it hadn't been for Christ, if it isn't for Christ in my life, oh, no, 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 no. I don't know where I've been. Amen. And, and so today is a very special day, you know, in my heart because, you see, for someone to deliberately, you know, go and face death for somebody, it's, it's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal. Most people will run from death. I mean, even if, if it's a death that is due, then they'll run. But who would run to a death that is not due them? Who would want to do that for someone else's sake? No one. No one. You know, no one. The Bible says that for maybe for perchance for a good person, one may be willing to die, but for a sinner or for sinners, the Bible says God commended his love towards us. That whilst we were yet sinners, Christ came to die for us. Amen. That is the, the, the magnitude of God's love for us. That while we were yet sinners, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us. And the wonderful thing about today, Palm Sunday, is that Palm Sunday is an indicator that Jesus was not forced to die for us. God didn't force him. He willingly laid down his life so that we may live. Hallelujah. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning, I'm ministering a word unto you. I've titled, The Strength of Courage. The Strength of Courage. And I'm beginning from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 19, the verse 28 to 40. The Bible says, when he had that spoken, he went before, ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he was come near to Bethpage and Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering you will find a cold tide, whereon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him here. And if any man asks you, why do you lose him? That's how you say to him, because the Lord has need of him. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for this very part. It's a message. Loose him because the Lord has need of him. I pray this morning that may you be loose from every bondage because the Lord has need for your life. Because your life is so important to God. God has an assignment for your life. Therefore, your life cannot be bound or somebody receive it. Therefore, your life cannot be cut short. You will fulfill the number of your days. Is somebody here this morning? Put your hands together and thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. So he says, and they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the coat. 
and they sat Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come near, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto the, to him, Master, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said, I tell you, if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Amen. So the stones would immediately cry out. You know, this journey that Jesus was making to Jerusalem was for the Passover. Every year, thousands of pilgrims make their way to Jerusalem, the holy city. And the reason why they go is to observe the Passover, which had been instituted by Moses so many years ago. So he was going to Jerusalem supposedly for the Passover. <clears throat> but Jesus knew that he was going for more than the Passover. Amen? Supposedly he was going for the Passover, but he knew that it was for his death. Amen? <clears throat> I would behave like Jonah and run the other way. <clears throat> but Jesus went to Jerusalem and he went purposefully. I'll read a few scriptures from the Gospel of St. Luke. Luke's narratives give so many accounts of Jesus' movements towards Jerusalem. Luke 9, 51, he said, And it came to pass, when the time was come, that he should be received up, that is, that he should die. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. He made his face like a flint, strong, and set out to go to Jerusalem. Luke 13, 22 says, and he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. Luke 17, 11 says, and it came to pass that as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Luke 18, 31 says, and he took unto him the twelve and said to them, behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. He was trying to tell them that we are going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be killed. I'm going to die. And he knew why he was going to Jerusalem. But he was resolute in his heart. He was going. Nothing would stop him. To the point that when Peter tried to stop him, he rebuked Peter and called him a devil. He called Peter a devil. The same Peter that, you know, he lauded and said that Peter's son, um, Bajona, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father who is in heaven... And behold, I give unto you the keys to heaven. And the same Peter was rebuked by Jesus as a devil. Why? Because Peter said, no, 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 Lord. It shall not be done unto you. You cannot go and die. You will not die. We'll be there to defend you. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Hey, I want to help you. He's saying that get thee behind me, Satan, because he wanted to die for our sake. Amen. Oh, put your hands together. Amen. And Jerusalem at that time was a hot spot, especially for Christ, because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the high priests, they were looking for him. They were looking for him. He knew the disciples knew, so it was like actually entering into uh, a storm, you know, deliberately, knowing that this is going to be dangerous and going into it. That's how it was. He knew the risks that were involved, but he met it with courage. He met the risk with courage. He said, Peter, get thee behind me. 
Because he said that you savor not the things of God, but you are looking at the things of men. You want me to be here with you always, so I can be multiplying bread and fish for you. That's what you want, but no, I must do the will of my Father. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Sometimes we even have people like that in our lives. Who will prevent you from doing the will of God? I mean, not, not out of um, wrong, but because of their love for you. They'll try to, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, no, no, stop. Oh, no, it's too much for you. It's not too much for you. Amen. If you are only are doing the will of the Father. That's why I pray this prayer. The Lord, let your will be done in my life. Not my will, but your will. Not the will of my friends, not the will of my family, not the will of my loved ones, but your will be done in my life. Not the will of my enemies, but your will be done in my life. Because you see, sometimes your loved ones will want something different from you, for you, but that may not necessarily be the will of God. Sometimes you may want something for yourself, but that may not be the will of God. But when you surrender your will into the, into the will of God, then there's that perfection. And that's the, that brings fulfillment of your true destiny. Are we together? That's not the message. This is just a slot in. Amen. So Jesus knew where he was going and why he was going, but he met it. He went straight into it with courage. You see, Christian commitment or the Christian's commitment doesn't shrink or shrink back at danger or from hotspots. If you're a Christian with the spirit of God in you, because the spirit that you have been given is a spirit of courage. You do not shake back at responsibilities. You don't run from danger. Many, many people have died for this gospel. Many people have been martyred for the Christian faith because they refuse to deny Christ. Hello? Families have been killed because they refuse to deny Christ. They deny Christ, I will let you. They will never deny Christ. Kill us. And they have died. I mean, that's a strength of courage in them as believers. Amen? So Christian commitment does not shrink or shake back from fear of hotspots. Amen? In the things to do with Christ. John chapter 16, 32, Jesus told the believers or his disciples that in this world they will have tribulation. And I speak the same thing to you today. In this world we will have tribulation. Today if we look at what is going on in Ukraine, there are many believers there who are also caught up in this war. People are dying. And Christians are dying. Some are being saved. Some are also dying. You know? But that's why we must always be in readiness as believers. Understand that this world is not our home. Understand that any day, any time, we could be called home. Any of us could be called home. doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter the time. We say we shall not die but live to declare the good works of the Lord true. But when is the appointed time of God for you? For his own reason... Because Stephen died as a young man. Amen. Abraham died as an old man. Who knows the number of our days? But the truth of the matter is that we must all have this preparedness of heart. Amen. To face death and also to face the battles of life. Because the battle of, battles of life will surely come. Life is full of battles. Until the day they put you in that box and they nail it, pam, pam, pam. This is the point, they do screw it. You always face one form of adversity or the other. It is life. Jesus said we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And because we are in this world, the elements of this world will have a bearing on our lives. Hello? You've gone very quiet. <laughs> 
But listen to this. Jesus said, Behold, the hour cometh, yes, now it's come, that you shall be scattered every man to his own and shall leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In this world you shall, the word say you shall, is it on the board? Put it on the board, the person who's at the back. John 16, 32 to 30, and follow me, please. He said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He said, in this world you shall, not you may, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be prepared in your heart already with, with a heart of cheerfulness, with a heart of rejoicing. Why? Knowing that you have triumphed and you will triumph over every tribulation, over every adversity in one way or the other. Sometimes the way we think we triumph is not the way it will be, but whatever it is, you are born again to triumph over afflictions, over tribulations, over struggles in life. Is somebody with me? Hallelujah. So Jesus' attitude towards, you know, uh, this attitude is a, a, an example for us. Amen. His, towards, his attitude towards his journey to Jerusalem is an example for us, to f- for us to be able to face life and its difficulties with courage. Amen. Every one of you this morning, I've prayed that God should fill you with a spirit of courage. A, a fearful believer... I don't know. That's a question mark. If you're a believer, stop saying and confessing. As for me, I'm afraid. Where is that spirit coming from? The spirit of fear is not coming from your father. He said he has not given you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus demonstrated great courage in the face of impending death. He knew that death had no power over him. In John 14, 30, he says that, Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. He knew that there was no sin in him, so death could not hold him captive. He knew that he would die, but because the prince of this world, the enemy, Satan, had nothing in him. He was not carrying Satan's briefcase or his handbag or whatever, so death could not hold his life captive. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so we must also have the same heart and mind. And face life with courage. Amen. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, he says that we are compassed with a great cloud of witnesses. The angels above, the saints who have died before us, they are like, you know, like when you go to the stadium and there, there are people, huh? Ghana, Nigeria football match. You saw the people <coughs> at the stadium on the, um, what, I don't even know what they call it. The men, how do they call it where they sit? The bleachers, the sands, right? Plenty. And when the, the, the Nigerians are going, say, yeah, 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 God, hey, hey, hey. That is how it is. The great cloud of witnesses, angels, the saints who have gone ahead of us, they are watching from heaven's stands, and they are also cheering us on. As you are falling, they are saying, get up. Matthew, get up. You can't keep down. Get up. Receive strength to get up. Then Matthew will try, try to get up. And the Holy Spirit will feel him, ah, that he's up. That, that is what Hebrews 12, 1 is saying. Amen. And he said, we, we should know that we have them cheering us. So we should lay aside every weight and every sin that easily comes to us because sin comes easily to us. He said, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You have your race. I have my race. Your race is not like my race. Amen. Every one of us is running our race. 
And so you run your race how you know God wants you to run it. You don't look at how I'm running my race for you to run your race. I may be making mistakes. Amen. But I said, run with patience the race that is set before you. So looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Who for the joy that was set before him, because he saw beyond the crucifixion. He saw beyond the suffering. He saw beyond the spitting on him and everything. He saw himself glorified, seated at the right hand of God. That was the joy that was set before him. He saw that at his endurance of going through that suffering, you and I will be saved. The joy of Christ was to see the, 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 the result of his death and his resurrection. That is today, you and I, being brought into sonship. He died so that he will make brothers reconcile us to God, bring us into sonship. And it was achieved. So though he suffered, though he struggled, the ultimate purpose of bringing us back to God, reconciling us back to God, has been achieved. Praise the Lord. So he said that who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. In life, beloved, we must get the spirit of endurance because it's not always that things are going to be easy. It's not always that things are going to be microwave. You know, life calls for endurance. Something you need to endure. And endurance means that, and it treats you as a pinch. You know, it's hard, but you, you go through, you grit your teeth. You say, I will make it. It's difficult, but you're going through. You see, but I've realized that today's believers, they don't want that. They want to receive it instant popcorn. It hasn't always worked that way. We need the spirit of endurance. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. The death on the cross was so shameful. It was reserved for the vilest offenders. People that the whole of society had decided that this one, we don't want him. Get rid of him. Like Barabbas, who was an armed robber, a mass murderer. That is the kind of death that was reserved for people like that. And Jesus, out of nothing done, had to die that, that death. Shameful death. And for any family whose, whose member is being killed on the cross, it's shame. Generational shame. It's shame. But Bible says he despised the shame. He rather despised the shame. He didn't care about the shame. Listen, for us to really you know, come to the place of triumph, and that's the theme for our Easter convention, the triumph of the cross. To come to a triumph you know, of, of being Christians, you need to despise shame. There are certain things that the people will call it, oh, shame. Oh, Listen, get past the shame. Go past the shame. If only you are doing the will of God. Some people are afraid even to show their Bibles. Some of you, you are living in houses. When you are living, and so those who live in uh, compound, when you are living for church, you put your Bible down your handbag and do this, and you are going. Oh, sorry. Don't be ashamed of Christ. He said he despised the shame of the cross. He said, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to take shame upon myself so that my people will have honor. Oh, you didn't hear it well. He said he's going to take shame so that we will have honor. Amen. He said, and it's now set at the right hand of the throne of God. And that is the glory. So the Bible is saying that we should also look to Jesus and endure, despite shame, press on like Jesus did. You know, he faced death with such courage. Amen. And I'm telling you, life's struggles demand courage. Amen. Life's struggles demand courage. Anyone that God ever called to do anything for, for him in the Bible, he gave them, he spoke to them about courage. Moses telling the children of Israel how he's going to be after his death, said that they should go. Joshua would take them. But he said that to them, be strong and be of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. 
because the nations they were going to meet were mightier, bigger than them. So don't be afraid of them. Amen. So it is your God who will go before you. Amen. So don't be afraid. When he called Joshua to, to lead them, he said, listen, be of good courage. Don't be afraid. He said, be strong and be of good courage. Several times he tells them, be strong and be of good courage. Beloved, we need to be of good courage. You see, if you are not of good courage or you don't have courage, the opposite is what? Discouraged. It's either you, are, you have courage or you are wallowing in discouragement. And when you get to the place of discouragement, it's a place that is drawing like a slide into depression. And you can never receive breakthrough or miracles in that place. And your life is going down. But listen, look at yourself. Look at you today. How many people your age, how many people like you are not born again, have not received Christ, and are still under the tutelage of the devil? Their lives are confused. Some are drug addicts. Some are in the gutters. There are many like you out there. But look at you today. You have been saved. You have been washed by the blood. You have been cleansed. I mean, you are now a child of God. God owns you, and he, he takes ownership of you. You are a child of God, destined for glory. Hallelujah. And so we will face the struggles of this life, but we must always receive this courage to rise above the limits of fear, the limits of struggles, the limits of poverty, and every problem that we are going through. Because, as I said, you will go through them. And Jesus demonstrated this courage. And we have it for an example to follow. Amen. Jesus, secondly, demonstrated a commitment to the will of God. That was why he was courageous. Because he knew that he was doing the will of God. You see, the journey to Jerusalem was part of Jesus' desire to obey the Father, to do the will of God. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane in the hardest time of his life, when he prayed, the Bible says he prayed until he started sweating drops of blood. And the scientists will tell you that it takes some kind of, you know, very strong emotions for your, 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 the capillaries or whatever, let me use my own lesson, to break for blood, to sweat blood. That means a man was in deep anguish, sweating blood. How many of you have ever sweated blood? None of us. But he was in so much anguish, torn. Should I go ahead or should I rescind my decision? But he said, no. I will leave it to the Father's will. He said, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. Hallelujah. You see, he was, he, he was committed to the will of God. He was committed to saving you and I. And because of that level of commitment, he received courage. You see, when you are committed, really commitment, committed to something, you find that you lose fear. You lose fear. Do you think the arm robbers, when they come to rob a house, they're not afraid? They're afraid, but when they look at the, the, the joy that they said before them. <laughs> they are committed to getting the money. They lose fear. And suddenly all they see is, we have won. If only you can be committed to anything or some things in your life, you will lose fear. You will lose your fear of the things, the negative things that surround it. You will be afraid because so great will be your desire to get to that point that you won't be afraid. Someone said, oh, I'm afraid to go into maybe a lion's den. For a million dollars, got to one hand over here. I said, Mr. Lion, Lion. You see, whatever is your fear, I'm telling you, so long as you're committed to something, it breaks fear. Deep commitment breaks fear. Amen. Secondly, he was a willing sacrifice. He was doing this willingly. 
And because he was doing it willingly of his own will, he couldn't be stopped. He couldn't be discouraged. He, he, because he was doing, he wanted to do it. If you want to do something badly enough, you will always find a way to do it. If somebody says, I don't have time, you know, I wanted to call you, but I don't have time. They say, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Why? Because if you really wanted to make time, you'll make time. That is what it is. You see, we, we, we prioritize things in life. You see, so when you really want to do something, you, you'll be able to do it. And this is how Jesus had this courage, because he really wanted to lay down his life. He said, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No man takes it from me. I'm not being forced. I'm, I'm laying it down myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to pick it up. That's what he said. He had the power to lay down his life, to die, or to not to die, but he chose. That was his will. And because he was willing, he lost fear. He wasn't afraid. Amen. So he voluntarily became our sin offering. He voluntarily offered himself on the cross to free us from the power of sin and death. And the writer of Hebrews explains it, that he said, Lo, I come in the volume of the books to do thy will, O God. I, I give my life to do this. Amen. And so with, with the tenacity that he had, the power of fear was broken. Discouragement was broken. And he received great courage to go on this journey into Jerusalem. Because going to Jerusalem meant that for sure he was going to be killed. And that offering, beloved, as I'm rejoicing in this day, that offering is what has brought you and I life. Amen. Amen. His offering he made of his life in such a courageous manner is what has brought us life. So must take courage in life in order to be able to do the things that are important, especially to be courageous to do the will of God. Amen. For ourselves, as well as for the kingdom, for our families, for our nations. It means that we must give up the things we hold so dear, like he did, in order to see better things come out of them. Praise the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 37, he said that, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that finds his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He said, when we lose our life for his sake, we shall find our life. Anyone who loves anything, mother, father, more than him, he says that it's not worthy of him. Some of us, we love things to the point that we... We do not love God enough. Things are more important to us. People will not serve God because of a sport. This morning, some people are playing sports, and they don't have time for church. Why? Because I need to get my exercise. I need to get my exercise. Forgetting that the one who gives us breath to exercise is the one we come to give just two hours of our life in the whole week in church. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I said, really? Busy doing what? They tell all kinds of things. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's busy. I'll never tell you that. I'll not tell, I'll not tell what I'm telling you. Because why? The person has made up their mind. Let them decide. You see, but the thing is that when you become too busy for God, you are indeed too busy. Then you are too busy. Oh. You are too busy. Your busyness has reached certain proportions. Hey. And it's at that point that really God sees that you don't have time for him. And why should he waste his time also on you? But for grace. But for love. Amen. 
are we together? Jesus courageously was prepared to lose his life so that we may have life. We must also be prepared to give up and lose our lives. When I say lose, I just want your death. No, Jesus is wanting your, your life, the, the, the living sacrifice of your life, to serve him, to worship him, to do his will. Christianity is not about just receiving from God. But unfortunately, today, that's how it is. To be a Christian means that you are getting miracles. God is doing this for me. God is doing that for me. Oh, God is good. But when God doesn't come through with what you want him to come through with, is he still good to you? Do you still consider him good? Or at that point, are you deciding what you must do? I need to take action. I need to do something. And then we are looking here. Okay, maybe I should go and look for something there. Maybe this. Do you know something? The saddest thing I find is when, especially with all apologies to women who are looking for fruit of the womb. A woman is looking for fruit of the womb. Come to church every service. Monday service, Tuesday service, hey, morning service, evening, afternoon service, they are there. The day they give birth. Okay, you have had a baby. You can't come to church. Oh, after maybe six months, oh, also for calling to Then a year later, still, oh, you know, hmm, Pastor, hear me, Malian, The same child that when you wanted that child, you were in church morning after you badgering God. Now the same child is the reason why you don't come to worship God. I mean, we must learn, we must work in wisdom to understand that we need to lose a little bit of our time, a little bit of our comfort zone, a little bit of our space, a little bit of, you know, whatever God has given us for his sake because he has given us the ultimate. Are we together? Sometimes we hold other things dearer than God. Jesus said that if any man will come after him, the person must deny himself. We must de learn to deny ourselves. Jesus denied himself of, of, of the, the, the pomp and the pageantry of being the son of God, of being one with God, came down, took the form of man, man that he had created, took our, our, our stature, and came, was born poor in a manger. The one who lives where the streets are of gold came down to be born in a manger, smelly manger, so you could be born in Kolebu Hospital. Yeah, he came to take our poverty so we might receive his riches. He came to take the curses that was due us, that which was due us because of our sin nature, and that which people also release happily on us, which will never land because Jesus has already taken the curse. Are we together? Therefore, now, because of that which he did, anyone who curses you is blessing you. And I declare upon 10 people this morning that whoever is cursing you today for any reason, May that curse turn into blessing for you. If they say you will die, may that death rather turn to more yes for you. If they have assigned your life to insanity, oh, may you be sharper and smarter than ever. In the mighty name of Jesus. For Galatians 3.13 declares that Christ has been made a curse for us. Because cursed is any man that hangs on the tree. So that we might receive the blessing of God that comes through Abraham. This morning, may the blessing of God that supersedes the power of the curse... Take the place of any curse against your life. Be it a witchcraft curse. Uh, be, be it a curse that you yourself have even, you know, engineered by inaction or action. This morning, I command the blessing of God that supersedes curses to rest upon your life. This is the Holy Week. 
and we are talking about the triumph of Christ, the triumph of the cross, that we may receive what was his, and he take what was ours. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Somebody say, I am blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Who knows the price of a soul? How much does a soul cost? Amen. He said that, but you see, the son of man shall come in the glory of his father with his angels. And he will reward every man according to his works. According to our works, here in our body on this earth, we shall be rewarded. Hallelujah. That's what I'm saying, that we must take on the same heart of courage of Christ and do the Father's will because there's a reward awaiting us. Denying of self is very difficult. Amen. Deny yourself of the things that you desire, the things that you love. Maybe a little more sleep. Maybe, you, you know, it's very difficult. Denial of self is difficult. That's why Jesus said that it will be very difficult, more difficult for a rich man to enter into the, the, the kingdom of God than through the eye of the camel. It is not the eye of the needle. It's not about a real a needle. It was talking about a certain gate, something they call the eye of the camel. But you see, when we have nothing, we realize that we are prone to join closer to God. Then when God starts blessing us, then we start drawing away. Why? Because we came because we wanted something. We didn't come because we wanted to serve God. But I've come to provoke you, church, this morning, that Jesus died for us not to gain anything for himself, but to gain everything for you and I. Hear it again. I said, Jesus died for us. He went to the cross not to gain anything for himself, but to gain everything for us. And if he has so done, then what does it cost us? What will it cost us to also give our lives, ourselves, wholly unto him in worship? sacrifice our life to serve him and to do the Father's will. And what is the Father's will as we sit today? The Father's will is that all men might be saved. And this is what we are about. Amen. And so, beloved, let us understand that whatever Christ did for us 2,000 years ago by going to Jerusalem, steadfast, <laughs> unmovable, unshakable, to die for us, we must also reciprocate. Amen. And Bible says, as he entered into Jerusalem, people were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna, Lord him. And the same people said, Hosanna, on that day, a few days later, were saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Tell somebody, Nakanjeyo. Tell somebody, Nakanjeyo. That's how the world be. <laughs> Amen. The same people say, Oh, Hosanna. Oh, the same people three days were saying, crucify him. But that is how the world is. But in spite of everything, we must remain courageous. You must be courageous in life. To, and when you, you take on courage, the spirit of God, who is a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind, he will give you that power to run through every truth, to leap over here to explain to them. <laughs> So she did, and um, but it got so good, of course, he had already made the way for me already. As soon as I told my auntie, she was like, Annette, my mom has been, you know, my, they lived with my mom for more than 40 years, free of charge. Her husband, her kids were all um, born and raised in my mom's home and all that. She's like, it's my time to pay back. I'll take her in. You bring her, and I'll take care of her. Amen. And I'll, and I'll take care of her. So, um, so that, that's, that's that. And so I let, I, I let the lady go. Um, 
Well, someone will say, you know, but why did God allow her to come to, into my house in the first place? I believe that because he knew at the time that I really, really needed her and I couldn't have done it all this time by myself. But now my time is short and I can do it. And then he's also made a way for me by taking her to um, her family, which is better because if I had left her there with this stranger, God knows what would have happened. So it all worked out for me anyway. And I give him all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, let's give God the praise. God will perfect that which concerns you. God will work it out. God will work it out. One thing I know, one thing I found, God will work it out. This morning, this is our prayer for you. You know, there are many things that are hidden from our sight. You know, she never knew this, what this woman was doing to her mom. But by the Holy Spirit, when she woke up from her sleep, she could have laid in her room. But God said, get up and go, go and see. When she got there, she stepped up here and wait. Don't go in, don't go in. Watch. Because God will perfect that which concerns our lives. Once we are covenant with God, he takes care of us, our family, everything that is ours. He takes care of it. He will bring hidden things to light. He will not allow the enemy to destroy that which you have. And I pray for you, for those of you who have elderly parents, may God give you good helpers. May God himself be a watchman over your families. And may God deliver your parents, your aged parents, from evil workers in the mighty name of Jesus. And for the elderly among us, we pray for you. And may God keep your strength. May you be strong. May your strength not fail. May your eyesight not go dim. May God preserve your lives. May God protect you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Sister Annette. Amen. Awesome testimony. Hallelujah. So painful. So, so, so painful. When she told me, I almost fainted. You know, can you imagine? Amen. Sisters, may God protect your parents. They have 80-year-old parents. 90. One is 90, one is 80. Bless you. Amen. We want to get into uh, usual annual fundraise. I know that even before you came here, maybe you had made up your mind what you want to do. Can I have the, the, the endless P? Our fundraising is not done in the usual way because I believe strongly in my heart that you have made a commitment to God and you know what you're about. You don't need to be coerced. You don't need to be forced. Amen. And um, I just want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the verse 7 to 15. It says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in a response to pressure. That's why we don't pressure you. So for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their goods, their good deeds will be remembered forever. Your good deeds will be remembered forever. Amen. So for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. Then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. 
And when you will take your gift to those who need them, they will thank God. So two, two things will result from this ministry of giving. The, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers who provide, will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ Jesus. And they'll pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, two wonderful four words. Amen. The Apostle Paul is talking about the wonderful gift, and he calls the ministry of giving a gift. It's not everybody who can give. People find it hard to give. But to those of you who find it so easy to give, especially to the work of God, God says that he will always provide for you also generously. And that is our prayer for you, that God provides for you generously. God provides for you more than the ordinary. If it comes between you and somebody, God should take it from that person and give it to you because you, you are a channel of blessing. You are God's channel of blessing. And he says that and you'll be enriched in every way so you can always be generous. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, my God. This is your word, not ours. And so, Father, I pray that even as your people have given, my God, time and time again over the years, and they still continue to give, this afternoon, my God, let your word, my God, be manifest in their lives. Having heard the need of your house, the need of your work, I pray, Father, that, Lord, you touch their hearts. But above all, I'm asking that, Lord, you give to them. I pray that, Lord, give to your people. Let there be a supernatural giving into every life here in the mighty name of Jesus. And even those who are not able to come today, I pray, Father, Lord, you who give generously, provide for them. My God, exceedingly abundantly above all they can ever even think or even imagine. Let them be enriched greatly in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Let them have everything, my God, that they need and have left over, my God, to still continue to give. Let there be that continual cycle, my God, of harvest in the life of every giver, every covenant partner in this house. That before the, the old store, store is finished, the new would have come in. My God, before the new harvest, there will still be enough from the old. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. This afternoon, my God, we thank you. My God, the Lord, indeed, they are generous givers in this house. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God richly bless you. Do you have anybody new here today? Are you new? You want to join the covenant partners? You came because you want to be a new covenant partner? All right. God bless all of us. So if you're a covenant partner, you have your covenant um, book, covenant partners book. Amen. And within the book, you, you have areas there where there's been recorded your given. Please just look through it and make sure that everything is in order as we begin. And if you don't have yours, just lift up your hands and they'll, they'll, they'll bring it to you. Amen. We have a portion there for um, your contribution. That is whether you want to do a monthly contribution and the amount. If you, you've done that, it's fine. But if you want to renew your commitment, for example, you are giving a certain amount, but 
you're looking at the time and season and you want to change the amount you want to give, on the right side, you see there's a place called we put a renewal of commitment. You can write your new amount there. And state also whether you are giving, you'll be giving weekly, monthly, or annually. <coughs> at the bottom, we see the building and church project fund. Normally, the first one I talked about is our monthly contributions because our giving is in two ways, monthly contributions as well as we take um, building project offerings. At the bottom, we see... Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.